Hello, my name is Paul Boag and you're listening to Digital Insights. Today's show is sponsored by Zapier, the easiest way to automate your work and a tool that I use myself every day in my own workflow. For example, I use Zapier to send new signups or new clients directly to my CRM without the need to re-enter data. In essence, it connects all of your business software and handles all the work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. Right now, through to the end of the month, you can try Zapier for free by going to zapier.com forward slash digital. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com forward slash digital for a 14-day free trial. Today, I want to talk about creating your UX strategy because there's a lot of bad advice online about creating a UX strategy. Information that still confuses the user experience with the user interface. And that's because many of those who are writing these kinds of articles and sharing this kind of advice come from a design background. However, to look at the entire user experience, you need to look beyond the edges of the screen. Developers, marketers, project managers, all have an impact on the user experience. In fact, anyone within your company will have an impact on the user experience. Heck, even the accountants have an impact. As a result, you can't look at your UX strategy just from a design background. If you do, then you're going to end up with a design-only perspective that's going to be rather narrow and also is going to be maybe not that helpful to the broader organization. Sure, it's going to be helpful at a departmental level, such as a product or a digital team, but it's going to fail to address the end-to-end user experience. Therefore, in this little podcast, I want to take a step back and ask what should go into a UX strategy um, when you're seeking to look at it from a company-wide and cross-disciplinary perspective in the hopes of improving the entire user experience. That said, let's begin with the most prominent component of any UX strategy, which is understanding your audience. User research has to underpin your UX strategy. There's very little point in attempting to write a UX strategy until you have a solid understanding of your audience. And that means that in advance of producing a UX strategy, I would recommend carrying out a discovery phase and to include a reasonable degree of user research in that. You can't rely on your assumptions about your audience and that they are correct. As a minimum, I would recommend carrying out some user interviews and surveys to understand factors such as your audience's ultimate goal, the problems that they're hoping your product or service will address, any objections or concerns that they have, their questions, tasks that they need to complete, influencing factors, what their state of mind is, points of interaction within your organization and their overall context. You should also avoid relying solely on data, but ensure that you have at least some personal interaction with your audience. Without that, you cannot truly understand who your audience are and create a UX strategy around their needs. Once you've carried out your research, I actually recommend uh, that you map the customer journey so that you can visualize that overall experience. That will enable you to identify weaknesses in the experience and possible projects to address those issues. Customer journey map will also allow you to consider the context of the digital user experience. One of the most common mistakes I see people making when writing UX strategies is only to consider a part of the overall experience. That typically manifests itself in a couple of ways. 
Either people focus on the digital components of the experience, or they're only considering the sales and marketing aspects. Because most of us who write UX strategies come from a digital background, we've got a natural bias towards that domain. However, digital is only a small part of the overall customer experience. And as UX strategists, we need to take that into account. Non-digital channels such as in-store visits or a call to customer support lines are as much a part of the experience as social media, email or the website. And that means we need to give it as much consideration and optimization to ensure the best experience possible. Even if management has limited the scope of your UX strategy to online, you still need to consider offline touch points. And that's because they provide context for your online experience. For example, if you know that the customer support line is painful, you want to ensure that as few users as possible are required to contact it. The second area that many UX strategies overlook is the post-purchase experience. Customer acquisition is essential for, to any company, but ignoring the experience of existing customers is likely to lead to a constant turnover of customers and negative comments online. A happy customer has a higher lifetime value and a lower cost of sale um, and are more likely to speak positive about your brand to others both online and in person. A good UX strategy looks at the entirety of the customer's experience. However, even if it does not, once again, context matters. That is because if the post-purchase experience has weaknesses, it's important not to over-promise and to manage buyers' expectations. Of course, if you want to consider the entire user experience in your strategy, that will mean thinking beyond the confines of organizational structure. No one team or department can write a UX strategy in isolation. And that's because, as I said earlier, almost every employee in a company helps to shape the customer experience in some way or another. With that in mind, it's important to include stakeholders from across the organization in its creation. If you do not, then you'll find that they'll almost certainly reject any proposal that you make because they felt excluded from its inception. Not that you simply want to include colleagues to avoid their pride getting injured. You also need different perspectives to ensure that the user experience is viewed from as many angles as possible. I often find that a workshop can be the right way of engaging stakeholders without getting bogged down in the nuances of the final UX strategy. For example, the customer journey mapping workshop I mentioned earlier is an excellent way of finding weaknesses and stimulating discussion about how the experience could be improved. It's also a good starting point for identifying challenges around making those improvements. These often around, uh, revolve around things like organizational culture, policies and procedures, company structure, legacy technology and resources, both in terms of people and money. Discussions about resourcing and responsibilities are particularly important as these are two areas that you should be featuring highly in any UX strategy you create. If you ask any leadership team to list their organizational priorities, they almost always mention customer service and experience. However, if you then go on to ask who's responsible for improving the customer experience and what resources they have available for the task, you often find that there's little behind that supposed commitment. In most cases, that's not because leadership is lying about their commitment to customer experience. Instead, it's that they are naive about what is required to shape a great customer experience. 
There's a belief that creating an outstanding experience is everybody's responsibility. And in a sense, they're correct. Every employee will help shape the experience. However, by making everyone responsible, effectively nobody is. It will only end up at the bottom of people's to-do list pushed out by more pressing concerns. Therefore, a good UX strategy needs to make recommendations ensuring customer experience receives the attention that management actually desire for it. That means it needs clear leadership, somebody who is going to take responsibility for making customer experience a priority and is somebody who's accountable if things go badly. Of course, making somebody responsible for the customer experience without giving them the authority and resources they need makes the role effectively redundant. And that's why your UX strategy needs to recommend budgets and human resources, as well as establish a scope for that person's role. That scope will almost certainly involve the creation of some processes and policies around improving the user experience. Any good UX strategy cannot ignore culture, policies and working practices that the company already has. These are significant factors in dictating the quality of the user experience. In particular, I would look at two areas in your UX strategy. First, I would encourage you to look at any existing policies or procedures that are used within your organization and identify any that might be harmful to the current customer experience. For example, do you offer an unfavorable return policy or tie a customer in for a lengthy contract? Second, I would look look for any new practices that could be put in place to improve the experience over time. So, for example, one of my favorites in this regard is to insist that organizations test all projects from initial conception to ongoing optimization, in other words, post-launch. Another one that I favor is that all stakeholders in a project um, that, uh, that want to contribute ideas have to have spent some time with end users relatively recently. Then, of course, there are things like design principles that act as a reference point for decision making throughout a project. In short, policies and procedures can be a powerful way to ensure users' needs are not forgotten or overlooked in the midst of a project. Look, there's no right or wrong way to create a UX strategy, no magic formula you can follow that will guarantee results. Creating a good UX strategy is very much reliant on understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your particular business and tailoring the approach around that. However, to achieve this aim, you're going to need to look at the business as a whole. That's going to mean consulting with people across the organization. Ultimately, the wider you consult, the better the final result and the more buy-in that you will receive from colleagues. So when it comes to your UX strategy, it pays to think big.